When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, it was a rough weekend for the Sabres as they fell in back-to-back games to both the Colorado Avalanche and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Put up a good effort against the Avalanche in a 5-3 to loss on Saturday, followed by a bit of an ass-kicking against the Blue Jackets, falling 7-3 to on Sunday. Not ideal. You want to at least be able to pick up one of those games, obviously going up against a team like Colorado. You know, we said going into the game, not to expect much out of that, but at the end of the day, they did play a hard fought game against a really, really good avalanche team. So something to take from that, that solid play did not translate into Sunday as again, they let up seven goals against the Columbus blue jackets, not ideal, but we, what we wanted to talk about today is not those losses. It is, the bright spot from this weekend, probably from the entire season, and that's Tage Thompson. The Tager. The Tager. So as I had said before, Tage really has been arguably the biggest bright spot on this Sabres team this season. When you look at a couple of years ago, I mean, we're probably less than two years removed, Taylor, from you to repeatedly be questioning whether he was even a competent NHL player. And now we have... I mean, a a legitimate first line center, not, you know, saying for like long-term or for a good team, but for this team, he is a legitimate first line center. He's currently on pace for over 60 points and over 30 goals. It's just an unbelievable pace from what we had seen from Tage up until this point in his career, really. The the move to center has seemed to just completely open up his game in ways that we really didn't think were possible. And so going into the numbers a little bit, I mean, him being on this pace right now for 60 plus points, it's been consistent. A lot of times with guys who are younger and and just with certain players in general, I mean, Jeff Skinner, formerly, you know, we would always talk about how he would score in bunches and these guys who, you know, when you're not a point per game player, oftentimes you have breaks in your scoring where, you know, you can maybe go five or six or seven games sometimes without a point a few times a year. And then otherwise though, you know, you have some multi-point games thrown into the mix with Tage, what's really wild is that aside from a five-game stretch in early December, he has not gone more than two games without getting a point this season. Wow. And again, you know, we're, we're talking about just the ways that he's improved his game. And I think one of the things that has drastically improved that we all can see as clear as day is his shooting. He's always had a good shot, but I think one of his problems has been his release time. And a lot of what we had saw from Tage up until this season was him trying to be a little bit too fancy, trying to make, you know, the highlight reel move. A lot of times in the offensive zone, maybe he was a little bit trigger happy or wanted to wait for the perfect shot rather than just letting it rip because the guy, again, has otherworldly shooting talent. And this year, I mean, his his shot, again, it's always been good, but his release is drastically quicker. And I think it's leading to him one getting more shots off and two being able to score more consistently and when we talk about his scoring I mean he's shooting 13.7 percent this year which is 
not as high as you would really think for a guy who's having an outlier career year and is on pace for over 30 goals. I mean, his career shooting percentage was 9.4, which is a little bit below like league, um, the league average 13.7 is a little bit above, but that's not a shooting percentage that's unsustainable. And I think the final piece to the puzzle that I kind of want to at least put out there, Taylor, to get your thoughts on is Alex Tuck coming into the lineup and playing with Tage. Obviously that first line has been a revelation and I do want to eventually get to whether it would be worth like potentially looking into breaking three of them up. But since Alex Tuck has come along, what has been a good season for Tage has turned into a great season. So get this, he has played 31 games without Alex Tuck this season and 16 with him. So we're looking at just about half of the amount of games he's had Tuck. He has played without Tuck. With Alex Tuck in the lineup, Tage has 19 points in 16 games. Without him in the lineup, 19 points in 31 games. Wow. Yeah, Tuck, I mean, he can't say enough about what a phenomenal addition he is. Everyone talks about him being a good guy in the locker room or future captain or whatever. and That's great. But he, on the ice, has just been fantastic. Obviously, he's more than a you know, point-of-game guy, for the Sabres at least. And like, yeah, you're seeing it like Tage was doing very well without him, but they've that that first line has really clicked. Right. And I think I mean, when, when you're talking about that, just to put that in perspective a little bit more, 19 points in 31 games puts him at around a 50 point pace, whereas now he is at over a point per game pace. And to his he added 10 extra points to his overall projected total over a 16 game span. I mean, that is wildly impressive on Tage's part. And I think it also, again, goes to just show what Alex Tuck is really bringing out of that top line. And I guess in a way, what they're all really bringing out of each other. I I think that they all play really well together. And we had talked about either last episode or the one prior that I'd like to see Middlestat maybe get a shot with one of those guys on his wing between Tuck and, and Skinner. But you can't deny that they have been just extremely extremely effective in all facets in their own zone in the transition game in the offensive zone the productions there the, it's it's you know the the analytics are matching the eye test i mean every they are firing on all cylinders and it's great to see so taylor let's let's get back into tage though as a little bit of the focal point here and we can kind of talk on the other guys too for how they're contributing to it but again we're talking about tage being at over a 60 point pace right now scoring over 30 goals is this who he is or, or is this an outlier? Is there maybe some sort of in between that we're going to see here? I mean, what are you taking away from this season from Tage looking into the future? Well, it's kind of bizarre because I think if you want to, if a player is just completely different one year, significantly better, the way that you could try to convince yourself that it's not a mirage is to say there's a reason for it. And it's not it's so easy to just be like, he's young. Cause like, He's 24. Most guys figure it out before they're 24. If they're going to be good, they'll they'll look like they at least belong. But for him, there is a reason. And it's probably his positional change. What's weird about that, though, is like that is the opposite of how I thought that would work. In, in hockey, uh, being center is a tougher position, more responsibility than being a winger. That's like when we've seen the Sabres in the past. That's why we've seen them uh, try to force guys to play center that really should be wingers. And it doesn't work out. The Marcus Johansson recently, Billy Lano a little bit more in the distant past. It's not something you could just have anyone do. 
And the fact that he was basically a borderline, not NHL player as a winger. And then is all of a sudden a, a 30 goal guy center. I honest, I don't know why that is. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's a weird thought that Granado had, like, let's give this guy a significantly tougher assignment. He's done nothing to earn it. And then it worked. It's, it's insane. So yeah, I think, I don't know if he's going to be a 30 goal guy consistently, but I think he's a good, like, he'll be able to play in their middle six. If they, if they're ever good in the next few years, he's, he's someone very available to have around, which is not what we thought about him before the year. I, that it's a, a nice positive surprise, you know, whereas middle who you mentioned, we haven't, you know, we've really seen nothing from him this year because of his injuries. So that's kind of been a, a lost year for him. Tate is the opposite. Like this is, this is like found money. This is, this is great. And you know, he's, some people pointed out he's outscoring, um, Blues number one center Ryan O'Reilly at the moment. It's just an insane thing to think being this far removed from the trade still. Like it, it's unbelievable. And what's funny too about it, and you alluded to it there, if you look back a couple of years ago, everybody was calling for the Sabres to try Sam Reinhardt at center because they had a, a lack of depth down the middle. And also we had watched Sam's game grow. I mean, exponentially and just him get better and better. And his style of game two made sense. You know, he's an incredible passer. He's good in his own zone, good in transition. Obviously we know about the offensive production, but Sam was just a, a quality two-way player. Obviously he's a playmaker at heart, but he, he he's good on both ends of the ice. And it seemed as though his skills, even though he wasn't the best skater were still conducive to him being an effective center. He ends up getting the chance and of course it ends up working out, which was great. And now he's even getting opportunity playing center in Florida, even though he's been primarily on the wing, but with Tage, like you said, Taylor, nobody has been saying we need to give this guy top six center minutes. We need to give him these crazy matchups that he's been getting. I mean, these top line matchups that he's been getting, it's, it is just unprecedented, honestly, his, his growth this year. And to your point, to, to my prior question, I also don't think that he's going to be a, a regular 60-point guy. I think it's probably pretty you know, unrealistic for us to expect that of him. But if long-term he ends up being, uh, let's call it like a 20-25-45 middle six center for you, I'll take that all day. Absolutely, Absolutely I will. Yeah, I'm <laughs> – before this, we we thought we were getting nothing out of him. Well, the in what's going to be interesting now is he's in the middle of what ended up being a very smart three year deal from Kevin Adams. What are we going to get? What are we looking at extension wise in the off season? That could be, I mean, it's going to be an interesting topic. Do we extend him this off season? I would prefer to do I that. Think honestly, so. I know honestly, I know it. Paying someone after a career year can be tough, but I'd really rather not go into next year thinking like what's going to happen with Tage. Right. I think there's leverage there still, too. I mean, they obviously, like we're saying, I, I believe that this is for real. And I think that the way that Tage is pay, playing isn't a fluke. The the production isn't a fluke. He's he's earning it. But I still think that going into it, looking at what he did up until this point, there's going to be leverage there that Adams isn't going to be paying him the price of a 60 point center like i i think that it'll be a little bit more team friendly but at the same time though and the sabers to the sabers benefit they have the cap flexibility to do that so do it do it do what you got to do to get it done but i'm with you i think that they should just do it this offseason not have to worry about it next year 
Absolutely. And I think it's, it's going to be interesting is especially depends where the Sabres draft, like what the lineup will look like next year, but it is nice to, I don't know. It's just a nice surprise. We haven't had, we usually have bad surprises uh, over the past decade. It's just nice to have someone you're like, yeah, this guy's better than we thought. How about that? That's nice. (laughs) It's so sad that that's such a rarity for us, but if that's not the goddamn truth and if we're ready to make a transition here, I have a little headline that I wanted to bring up to you that I don't know if you saw this today, but we were just talking about this, something that we've been talking about at probably the last two off seasons. Frank Saravelli updated his trade targets through the daily faceoff, and guess who from the Buffalo Sabres was added to the list as we are now a month away from the trade deadline. Is it, I mean, I assume Miller was already on the list. Uh, well, we've been talking about that we want to see trade that we think they should trade strategically. Oh, Victor Olofsson. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. So, I, I mean, he makes a great point in the piece that, as we all know, Olofsson has been not what we have seen from the past in him this year. He had gone. Uh, I think at least three years without scoring a goal this season. It was, it was pretty, pretty yeah, ugly. Halloween to Valentine's day. Good that, God. As, that, like, man, what else do you do? You're, you're not playing defense. You don't kill penalties. You're definitely not getting a bunch of assists. Right. So it's a down year. So you're, you'd think <laughs> that they'd be selling low, but I, there is still value there with him. I think, I mean, again, he's less than two years removed from being on like over a 30 goal pace He's young enough still. His shooting talent is really his calling card. And as we've talked about, the the thing that, you know, a, an interested GM going into that will think is, well, this guy is an all-world shooting talent. We are a playoff team already. Let's get him out of Buffalo, get him with some playmakers, give him opportunities on the power play to just, again, sit at one of the hash marks and just let it rip. And I don't know. I, I think that, if there's a way that they could get it done great, because I think you still have some runway. Like if he can get on a roll for the next four weeks potentially, and just starts playing with a little bit more consistency and there's value there to do it. Then I say, just get it done because where does he fit into the mix next year? You know, obviously the, the pretty much the entire last like bottom line, the fourth line is going to be gone. The UFAs will all be gone. Um, Paterka and Quinn are going to be up full time. Krebs again. I mean, he's already up now, but he will be up full time next year. Asplund sticks around for sure. Where is Olison going to fit into the mix here? Because you're not going to play Quinn and Paterka on the fourth line. Assuming also, I mean, Hinostroza will be gone. You're, you're probably going to want to make at least some sort of additional addition to the forward corps. And I just don't see moving forward how. Olofsson can fit into the mix. Well, I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't, yeah, I don't see it either. They actually are going to be pretty deep at forward going for going forward. Uh, but they, yeah, like they have a lot of guys and we haven't even mentioned like theoretically they could have whoever they draft next year. Yeah. Right. He could be there. Cousins is obviously there. They're going to be Tage back. Gus is there still the top line. They're all coming back. Like there's not there. There might be a dearth of uh, positions there. So yeah, trade Olson when he has uh, a year and change left, and not just because he he's a uh, what one year right one year and change right now. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, do that instead of trading over the summer. Who knows? Maybe that works better. 
I I'm in favor of that. If you don't have the right deal, then wait till the summer, you know, rush. But yeah, be, I would be exploring that space if anyone's interested. I right. think honestly, it might be a deadline thing. Cause I think it, it might be a desperation thing. Someone just wants to add to scoring. Could be. Huh? Hey, Pittsburgh, you might never have another chance to win the cup. Call us. You owe us for sending us Jason Bottrell. The least they could do. And Tom Donahoe. God. And Mike Malarkey, right? Did and he come from Pittsburgh? I think he's their offensive coordinator. That's just. Damn. Mm-mm-mm. Pittsburgh and Doug Whaley, I guess. Doug Whaley is not as bad as those other guys, but still not great. Yeah. I think it's the least they can do. I mean, I don't even know, uh, you know, maybe it's a team too. Who's on the fringe. Who's like looking to add some scoring power. Maybe it's LA as in just somebody, I don't know. I mean, they're, I think outperforming what people expected. They're firmly in the playoff picture right now in the Pacific and, and the, and for the one of the wild card spots at least, but um, maybe it's them. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, though, I think a lot of this is going to come back to what the value is and what you feel like you could get at the trade deadline is, is pretty much going to just be dependent on how these next few weeks go. So hopefully they could get Olofsson in some positions to succeed, get him scoring on the power play a bit more, just, just wake him up and get some value from him in return. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get to anything else here, I want to hear a, a word from our friends at DraftKings. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, uh, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, that's where we are. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. All right. All right. Back to the Sabres. Oh, did you watch the NBA All-Star game, by the way? No, I didn't. Did you? I watched a little bit of it. Steph went, kind of went crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 50 points, 16 three-pointers. Good for him. Good for him. Good for Steph. Hey, yeah, we have some no. breaking news, by the way. Uh-oh, what's that? The Toronto Maple Leafs traded for Carter Hutton. Oh, did they really? Yeah, what the hell? I'm gonna look, I gotta look into this. I is Jack Campbell hurt or something? <laughs> is there a, a a bus crash that featured every one of their goalies? Wait, in the entire what? organization? Yeah, they have Peter Mrazek still. He's like starting tonight for them. Is is Campbell actually hurt? 
I don't know if he is. I just made a really good pickup and oh no, dude, they're losing three to nothing right now to the Canadians. Ooh, sucks to suck for me little... and Toronto, but oh my God. Yeah, Wait. Toronto, it's it's so funny because they like they have an unbelievably good record right now. Like basically since the first two weeks of the season where they kind of stumbled a little bit out of the gate, they've won like 70% of their games and they're probably not going to win the division and they're probably going to have to face like Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. How funny is that? I think it's great. That's the best. Wow. Actually, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Campbell's hurt. I don't know why they would do that. What was the return? Future considerations. Oh, nice. Yeah. So in the future, love a good, nothing trade. Yeah. Arizona is going to be like, (laughs) they're just going to consider uh, how fortunate they are that Toronto took Carter Hutton off their hands. But Carter Hutton hasn't been playing either, which is worth worth noting. He hasn't been playing for the Coyotes. So mm. either he's well-rested or he's going to be rusty. Or maybe he's just washed up. What do you, I was going to say, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's done. <laughs> is my, is my opinion after watching him. Probably a safe for, bet. For three years. I mean, he was, he was done in the middle of the 2019, 2020 season. And yeah. they were too cheap to move on from him. And then for some reason, two other franchises want to give this guy work. I don't know. I mean, he's not a bad guy, I guess. Sense. Yeah. Anyway. No so, sense. so the Columbus game um, that happened on Sunday, I kind of think they missed Darlene. It seemed like a little bit, they did not play well at all against Columbus. Obviously Anderson didn't have his best game, but to consider they were getting out shot like crazy. They, they were just getting dominated by not a very good Columbus team, not a very talented team. And yeah, does the defense defense is really banged up right now. No Dally, no Miller. What do you think? <laughs> it doesn't look good is what I think. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that we're also just seeing a lot of these guys on the blue line just really aren't a part of the plan moving forward. Um, you know, we talk about the obvious ones like Robert Hag, for example, but we had briefly mentioned this, I think, on a recent episode. I think I'm good on Henry Yoki Haru after this year. I just, again, he's another guy where I just don't see necessarily where he fits in the mix. Um, oh, I, I want to like Jacob Bryson really badly. I think that he has some good tools. He's got some good pieces to his game, but again, I just don't know if he's anything more than like a good seven. And if that's what he is, then that's great. But um, I I don't think that there's much more than that. I mean, Samuelson is good. I'm I'm happy that he's up still and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to get big minutes. I mean, he's the Granado is entrusting him with pretty heavy minutes and it's good that they're really seeing what he can handle um looking forward for him being a part of like the top four mix firmly next year or even as like their their number five but beyond that I mean you have Darlene next year coming back Miller's going to be gone at the deadline I you know I, I you'll have power here um Elliot Friedman today actually was on Andrew Peters and Craig Reve's podcast and said pretty matter of fact that Owen power is going to sign as soon as the season with Michigan is done. Like it's a, it's pretty much a sure deal. And he said, barring something like completely, completely out of left field, it's going to happen right away. So he'll be in the mix. Um, 
So like the guys that you are committed to next year that you will not committed. Well, and Mark Pesek too, we should say, I hope they bring him back on like a two year deal. Um, yes. But, but the guys who you are committed to next year, you feel good about, but there is a, a probably like two glaring holes there in that top six, one of which is going to be needing to make a pretty sizable upgrade in your top four D um, to go along with, you know, Darlene and power. We'll see how the rest of that shakes out. You know, maybe your bottom pair is something like Samuelson and Pesic, but you're going to have to figure something out there. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of question marks looking ahead to next season. I feel good about, again, like who we know of, you know, Darlene, I think, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, the jury's still out in terms of, I guess, what his ceiling is, but in terms of his offensive production, I feel okay about it. Um, you know, I'm just realistic about what he is. Like I have, I'm, I'm way more on to Owen power being this team's long-term number one. And I think if Darlene can be a really good number three for them, then I'm happy with that. So realistically, you're probably looking at a, a, a top pairing right-handed defenseman, um, I guess you have some flexibility with, with Pesic and Samuelson. If you wanted to play Samuelson on his off wing, we'll see who else is going to end up being in the mix there, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess the, to answer your question, my thoughts on the defense right now are I'm thinking about the defense next season already. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, I like, I agree that with uh, most of your takes there, I don't know is Casey Fitzgerald uh, has been up as well. Um, no thoughts on that. Not but, really. I think he's an AHL. Uh, I think he's a he's a flex AHL NHL guy for when there's injuries. I agree. Samuelson, though, someone actually kind of like Thompson, not as drastic as Thompson, obviously, but there was a lot of people who are kind of not so hot on Samuelson when we draft him. Uh, he was a second rounder, I believe, early second round. Early second. And people kind of looked at him as a low ceiling guy, but he's obviously improved quite a bit. Kind of like Jack Quinn, honestly. So Samuelson's I looking at it next year, honestly, too. I agree with bringing back Pesic. That'd be ideal. Developing young players is wild, by the way. <laughs> this has happened in like three instances that we're talking about on this episode. And you're like, whoa, can you believe, can you believe? Jack Quinn got better? <laughs> These guys, we, we drafted someone and like in the year after the draft. Uh, he rose in people's estimations. Can you believe we just, this is, a, here's a crazy one for both Paterka and Samuelson. Second round picks who make the NHL crazy my mind can't like comprehend no i can't possible anyway sorry back to back to you on the on the d though no that's pretty much it i just i pretty much agree with what you were saying was uh, there anything you season, disagreed with uh i think they should bring back pesic on a three-year deal not a two-year deal oh well yeah that? i mean i'm fine with that <laughs> no i don't know uh i think it's it's this offseason is going to be a little bit about what their defense looks like next mm-hmm. year because like we said, we kind of know who the forwards are going to be with the exception of whoever they end up drafting. I assume we'll be a forward, maybe not a safe assumption. Who knows? And then goaltending wise, they're going to be obviously looking to uh, hit up free agency uh, and probably not bring back a bunch of AHL guys and a 41 year old, but who's yeah. to say really, maybe they will bring him back. <laughs> Jesus. It's so bad. I was, I was just thinking about that watching, <laughs> watching the game on Sunday, just, that there have been points in the season where we're like, wow, man, Craig Anderson's not doing too bad this year. And it's just like, this man is 41 years old. And that is the state of our goaltending that we're like, oh, wow. Like he's holding his own there. Look at him go. Like it's some sort of like, 
miracle that this, I mean, which it is, I guess, that he's that old and he's been moderately competent as an NHL goalie. But God, what a, how indicative of it is that of just how awful their goaltending has been this year. I mean, yeah, it's my God. Yikes, 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 yikes. Well, do you have any other any other thoughts or anything else you want to share on the Sabres? Not really. I mean, I'd like to see UPL back up at some point, but no, I really don't otherwise. All right, now we can shift to the real topic, Ukraine. Oh my God. Good. I'm glad we're getting into some lighter stuff now. <laughs> um, no, so I don't know. Do you have any recommendations for the folks? Hmm. I do actually. I started. Have you watched Murderville at all on Netflix? No, but I've heard good things. It's great, man. I love it. So I'm I'm about halfway through the season. I've watched three of the episodes. Um, Conan O'Brien, Marshawn Lynch, and Annie Murphy, and it is just it's a really fun concept. Like I've not. Are you familiar with what the concept of it is? No. Who's the last one you said? Annie Murphy. She was the star of Schitt's Creek. She was a oh, okay. of Schitt's Creek. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so essentially, though, the plot of it, it's <laughs> Will Arnett, who is hilarious, is, is the star and he's this fake detective and he works for the police force. And so the entire show is scripted for everybody except for the celebrity guest star who comes on and they have to act it out and like be an improv and just kind of like go along with like, again, like the script. And essentially there's a murder that happens this person gets hired to be his new partner for the day, like whoever the celebrity is. And they have to go around, they go to three suspects and like collect clues. And then at the end, the celebrity guesses who like the actual murderer is. Um, And it is, it's just great. Like everybody for the most part does a pretty good job of staying in character, except Will Arnett and whoever the celebrity is. It happens sometimes where they break character, which I just, I mean, who doesn't love when that happens, but um. It is such a great concept, though. Marshawn's episode was unbelievable. Conan's was really good, too. I, they were all really good. I mean, all of the episodes were great and really fun. I'm really excited to watch the rest of it. And I think that, I, I mean, I'd love for them to do a second season. I don't know if that's, like, in the works or not. But just to get more celebrities into this sort of thing, because it is a really, really cool and unique concept. So highly recommend nice. it. Murderville. Well, I watched the uh, the woman across the street from the girl in the window or something like that. Oh, how was that? It's interesting. I mean, it's kind of a parody, as you can kind of tell from the title. But it was also kind of straightforward, like, as a mystery. But uh, it's funny. It was okay. Cool. Uh, anything One else? other comment I just want to say, too, actually about Murderville, is to describe it for, for you and any Arrested Development fans. Literally just imagine that Joe Bluth becomes a detective in his 40s. <laughs> and that is what this is like oh man it is amazing i love job who does i mean he's yeah job's the best <laughs> i mean is he the best is him or tobias um, is really great i love yeah tobias. that's what i was thinking it's probably tobias actually <laughs> man what a show what a, the episodes with julia louis dreyfus are just out of this world like <laughs> where tobias has to break into the house <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh my God. Oh, Arrested Development. Just great best. show. Great show. Anything else you want to add or talk? Yeah. About? My actual recommendation is Righteous Gemstones. Okay. I, I have to know. watch that still. We've talked about, I need to. I need it's to fantastic. And like, if you like McBride, Danny mm-hmm. McBride, you'll like it. It's, it's in some ways similar to 
eastbound and down and vice principles but it's like it's better it's just as funny but like the serious stuff or like the character development with certain characters is actually legitimately great wow and they now have two original songs that have come out of it which is kind of crazy uh but yeah if you uh anyone out there i recommend it and it's only just finishing the second season right now so like it won't take you that long to watch it. They're mostly like 35 minute episodes. And mm-hmm. so there's, I think there's like 18 of them out right now. So great. I think it's as good as any show on TV, basically. All right. I'm going to have to start it. It'll be my yeah. next one after I finish Murderville then. Who's yeah. your random Sabres players, Taylor? Uh, Jochen Hesch. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. I'm going to go with the captain, Stu Barnes. To go along with the captain, Jochen Hesch. That's right. <laughs> For that yeah, we're both captains. Yeah. They were. They were indeed. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever social media platforms you use and whatever you are currently using to listen to this podcast. Speaking of this podcast, make sure you're following Straight Up Sabres on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you're subscribed to us on whatever your streaming platform of choice is. Also, again, make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout for DraftKings. We will be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a great week. This has been Straight Up Sabres. <laughs>